With a hard-eyed stare, Damien Knight, the Earl of Winterley, swung the long-handled axe up over his head and slammed it down with savage force, cleanly splitting the upright log down the middle. The sharp crack of the blow ripped across the snow-frosted field like a gunshot, rousing the squabbling blackbirds that fed upon the frozen, stubbled cornstalks. His movements were smooth, his mind blissfully blank as he threw down the axe, adjusted one of his thick leather gloves, and picked up the splintered halves of wood, stacking them on the fortress-like pile that had grown over the past weeks to looming proportions, as though no amount of fuel could build a fire capable of warming him. Positioning the next log on the tree stump that served as his chopping block, he dealt it, in turn, a death blow. He repeated this ritual again and again, concentrating intensely on the task, allowing it to absorb his tattered mind, until suddenly, in the nearby field, he noticed that something had caught his stallion's attention. His white warhorse was his only companion in this place. The stallion had been idly pouring through the frost, nibbling at whatever bits of grazing it could find. But now it lifted its head and pricked up its elegantly tapered ears toward the drive. Damien wiped the sweat off his brow with the back of his arm, rested his other hand on the axe's handle, and squinted against the white glare of the mid-December day, following his horse's stare. The stallion let out a belligerent whinny and raced toward the fence, its ivory tail streaming out like a battle pennant. He watched the animal for a moment in simple pleasure. It must have been a month since Zeus had worn a saddle. Both of them were reverting back to a state of nature, he thought, scratching the short, rough, black beard that had grown in on his jaw. Without surprise, only a dim flicker of distress, he watched as his identical twin brother, Lord Lucian Knight, came cantering up the drive astride his fine black Andalusian. Zeus raced alongside them on the opposite side of the fence, trumpeting challenges to the black for encroaching upon his territory. Fortunately, Lucian was too skilled a rider to lose control of his mount. Damien dropped his chin almost to his chest and let out a sigh that misted on the crisp, cold air. He supposed his brother had come to check up on him. He did not fancy the notion of anyone seeing him like this, but at least with his keenly perceptive twin, he did not have to pretend that he was right in the head. Lucian and his bride of three weeks, Alice, were living in Hampshire, a two-hour ride from Damien's ramshackle manor house, newly bestowed on him by Parliament along with his title. Not that he knew much about being an earl. His new rank seemed merely to have made him the servant of the bloody politicians. Picking up his last split logs and adding them to the woodpile, he cast an uncertain glance toward the rundown, overgrown mansion they had given him. Constructed of white-grey limestone, Bailey House, circa 1760, was modelled on a classical Greek temple with a triangular pediment atop four mighty columns. Damien thought it looked like a mausoleum. It felt like one inside, too, sprawling hectares of empty floor bereft of furniture, cold enough to preserve a corpse. He half fancied the place was infested with ghosts, but he knew too well that it was only he who was haunted. He had neither the gold nor the energy to see the house brought back to life and properly appointed. Nor did he particularly care. Spartan that he was, he did not require luxury. Upon arriving here in November, shortly after Guy Fawkes' night, 
He had set up camp and had been bivouacking near the fireplace in what had once been the drawing room. His fellow officers from the regiment, what few survivors there were, had scattered and returned to their families, but at least he was still surrounded by his equipment, all sixty pounds of which he had carried on his back for hundreds of miles of marches through Portugal and Spain. It comforted him, his trusty tent, his scuffed and battered tin mess kit and wooden canteen, his greatcoat for a blanket, his haversack for a pillow, a bit of cheese, biscuit and sausage to sustain him, a few cigars.